Yeah, I'm gonna do an intro because I got some of the the branding squared away. Cool. It's a very exciting time. So we're going with the Cinema Nerd Presents. This is the Cinema Nerd Presents, the filmography of Richard Kelly. We're gonna talk about Southland Tales today. I'm Kyle. I'm James. And we're gonna talk about Southland Tales today on the Cinema Nerd Presents, <laughs> the filmography of Richard Kelly. Uh, I have a question. I want to start with this question. A question. Starting with a question. All right. Which is, James, can you describe this movie to me? Can you just, <laughs> so like, I... tell me what happens? Okay. Okay. So, I mean, do you want my opinions of what this movie is? Or do you want, <laughs> I do like... do want those. No, no. Do you want, like, my, my I want theory of no, what this movie is? I want that also. I want your opinions. I want your thoughts. I want your theories. But I want to know if it's possible that this film can be summed up and described. That's the real challenge. Like, can you... Okay, so I have an, an, a description, but I don't know if this is what you're looking for. Because if you're looking for the generic description, because my description of this film is an uneasy journey in the end days. In, in the end days, okay. Yeah, so we are, we are, we are within the end days... And it's about, okay, in the same vein, but different, like, feeling, in the same vein as Melancholia. I haven't seen Melancholia. It's a blind spot for me. Okay. But basically, it's what it would be like in the, and, and once again, my opinion coming through here, but what it would be like with the second coming of Jesus and the end times. Right. But... In present tense, present time, present technology, and the the justification of, you know, all the religious stuff done in a kind of real worldy ish sort of way. So Okay. It's it's okay, it's so I think to my okay. point is Yeah, how do you how do you sum this thing up? And in trying to do it, you've drawn in another movie <laughs> and like the grandest <laughs> religious themes and our current state of technology it's a wild ass movie yeah it's a wild movie so I uh, I what's yours so okay what's mine I didn't turn this lens on myself but I've been well I haven't accomplished this goal I've been trying to answer this question and I kind of fell down a hole this week (laughs) so I've seen this movie three times since the last time we've seen each other (laughs) Not okay. in a row, and no. not like all the way through. I watched it once again all the way through, and then I just kind of like put it on and have been going back to it and like letting it play and picking back in what? and trying to, oh, this time that's what I said, blah, 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 blah. So what I think this movie is, is, oh, damn it, I was going to try and quote that like intro thing where he actually says a Justin Timberlake, but it's, oh. this is like, I, this movie is a metatextual, end of days, cyberpunk yeah. mess, yeah. I, you know? But I think it's, so, opinions again, but I think it's really meant to be messy. Like, I don't know if, if the director knows, even, but... 
the soul of the movie is messy. It's not. It it's, really is. It's not. It's not like. Um, it's not like someone messed up. It's not like the edit's broken. It's not like someone messed up the edit. It's actually messy in many facets all the way through the film, but in a in a good way quite often. Like quite often. Yeah. I, I do. I think it's really quite often very good. Yeah. But I. Even more than it's messy, I, by the end of this week, thought that Richard Kelly had lost complete control of this movie. Because, you know, I started this thing from a place of like, oh, I want to see the rest of this. What What yeah. is all that's been left out of this thing? And by the end of this week, I came away with the opinion that Richard Kelly doesn't know. Yeah, I, I, can, I can believe that. Okay. But I think it took on a thing of its own for I me. think so too like I'm, I'm okay with him like I honestly think maybe the director didn't have it all locked down and have all the plans but I think in trying to pull it back every now and then he built something really interesting to me like like absolutely it's very interesting and I have questions about like where it pulls back and where it doesn't because at a basic plot level this movie is Almost incomprehensible. <laughs> like, you can kind of track it broadly, but it spends so much time with it, not inconsequential characters, but no. like, it spends time doing character stuff and theme stuff and ignoring a very, very complicated plot. Yeah. And there's so much, like, that, uh, that last act. Yeah. Has three musical numbers. Yeah. Instead of any explanation of yeah. what the fuck is going on. But this is where I'm like, this <laughs> it's is why. Wild. No, so basically, this is where I love it, right? Because I think maybe he lost track, but in doing so, he's built something so amazing because it, it, it's kind of to me about how confusing the end of times would be because everyone has these opinions about what they need to do and like these people are trying to take down proposition 69 and these people are trying to you know undermine the terrorists and these people are trying to do this and everyone's got these opinions and it's all meaningless yeah compared to the actual arc of the story and the actual arc of the story involves the destruction of maybe space and time, but at least California. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so, I do. so everyone's got these big plans, and it's all messy, and all the all the interactions are like appointed, like they're trying really hard to get like a really important message across, but the message is crazy, and it's like it's crazy. <laughs> like the dialogue's weird. Like he's talking about I'm a pimp, and pimps don't commit suicide as the driving tagline. For the, the entire final act. For the, it, but just for the final act. Yeah. Where does that come from? It's, but it's 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 like really powerful statement. <laughs> but it's not. Do you know what I mean? Like they yeah. always they yeah. always put it across like it's like, like everybody there all of a sudden knows what that means. Yeah. Like there was maybe and it's an like, episode of a TV show <laughs> that was on in the background of every shot that we cut just before the camera pans over to reveal that's like the heroes. Yeah. Which I wouldn't. I wouldn't no, but this is this. but this is where I'm like the. So this is back to my whole game. Okay, just I want to interject real briefly, okay. which is I, I find this movie maddening, but I think your point about the way it's maddening 
is really compelling, especially in the environment that we are currently recording yeah. in, yeah. where it feels like things are just falling to yeah. pieces around us. And there are people screaming about nonsense, mm -hmm. just utter nonsense, no, back and forth. This film feels more relevant now than in 2005 Absolutely. or 2008 or whenever it was made. I, I totally agree. Like, it feels somehow that they've, they've latched on to the zeitgeist of a decade away from when it was. What? So it was like, I kind of get where things are headed, and they've worked out what that is, and they've, they've encapsulated it. Like, I, the madness and the pointless messages, but with actual problems in the background. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. I, I think it accomplishes that really well. And yeah. I, so that brings up a question about, I don't know, the nature of, well, sci-fi in general, but sort of that bit of like, oh, The Simpsons predicted this. Yeah. And I'm always really fascinated watching something or reading something from the past that feels like it's really adeptly describing what's happening right now. Like, I just read You Are Not a Gadget. Um, which actually it's right there. Can you uh, tell me the dude's name who wrote that? Just so I can uh, credit. Jaron Lennier. Yeah, that's right. Um, so it, he wrote this in like 2009 or 2010. And it's a lot of like, hey, this is what's happening on the internet. And if we don't do that, if we don't get a handle on the way we're talking to each other, uh, our news is going to become just like a horse race and we'll elect a reality star. So just like, can we cool it? And then we didn't, and here we are. And, you know, there's, uh, idiocracy comes up a lot oh, these yeah. days of being really predictive of the state that we're in. So do you think, I kind of wonder if, right, artists are more sensitive people. That's kind of the nature of the thing is that we're looking around, taking on the world mm -hmm. and trying to figure out why it is and how it means that interpolation and extrapolation are big facets of art so basically they look around at the world and they try and go what if it was bigger or what if there were 10 million of it and then so future prediction is quite often like an artist thing in my opinion like, because you look at everything that it is and you extrapolate if we kept going with this little facet of society what would it look like bigger or more crazy or totally. and so that's where like the 1984s and the you know the these all I think they saw problems and they thought what if you replaced all problems with these problems made bigger sure. you know sure. and so I, I I do think he was trying I think he saw serious problems I think the NSA pos was already a bit spooky I don't think we knew how yeah, possibly I don't think at the time this movie was made we knew how spooky NSA was. That might be true. Yeah, and that this, might be true. this movie kind of encapsulates what the NSA became very precisely. Like, and it... This... Uh, well, yeah, yeah, okay. I guess I wouldn't say precisely, but... Oh, sorry, the, the feeling of the, the looking in on everything. Totally. Uh, the, the not total... necessarily the rooms of people literally watching videos. But no, I think the, a lot of that is happening yeah, also. Exactly. I guess what I mean, what I, the reason I uh, objected to precision is sort of like the overtness that is uh, on display in this movie in Southland Tales. Where Do you mean like, like armed militia? Yeah, uh, like giant gun turrets on Santa Monica Pier. We're not quite there yet, 
But mm, but armed police officers yeah, are definitely the there. Uh, uh, you know, like it's a sci-fi version, but we're we're yeah. not we're not looking far. Like no, you're right. It's certainly a matter then, of degree. This is not a matter of kind. It's, yeah, it's very close. So I, yeah, I guess it is just the sort of like plastic wrapping yeah. that a lot of this movie has. It's yeah. like, well, no, yeah. you know, that's not quite what we're looking at, but that's just sort so of the plastic wrapping thing. and the, the, Okay, so the madness argument that I was making before, I, I still stand by my initial opinion from a while ago that the casting was done incorrectly on purpose. So I think they purposefully cast The Rock as Boxer Santeros because they wanted to have someone who was unsure of himself, but have a have a giant image and a giant personality. And then I think, um, I can't remember his name, but the second police officer, not the Roland, one, the, the older blonde, guy, the older guy with Lovitz. blonde, Lovitz, yeah. yeah. He is not that character in any movie ever. No. He is amazingly differently cast. Like, that is, that is, like... Odd, and it's then very, well, that and whole, then that whole um, the neo Marxists are yeah. all comics, yeah, and it's all yeah, like we've got um, what's her face? Um, it's Sherry O'Terry, yeah, and then even the like Deep Throat Two is. Uh, let me pull up the cast here so I can. No, but um, we've got um, Parks and Rec. Um, Leslie, no- uh, yes, uh, Amy Poehler is Amy in this Poehler. movie for a little while. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. I'm like, and she is not Leslie Poehler. If you're putting her in a movie, Amy Poehler, yeah, who plays Leslie? No, oh, sorry, it, Amy, Amy Poehler. You put her in a movie, it's because she's hilarious and she's got like, like, cutesy character stuff, and she is a neo-Marxist, like, uh, word poet. Yeah. Who like is like talking about like, yeah, like f- making a faux murder to like take down the government, and oh. it's very like I know it's comedic at times. I actually this is a very different character for her again. Like I think I, oh, I, I I'm sorry, but I think it's I think it's way over the top comedic the whole time. Yeah, yeah. like there's her and uh, what but is it's not her movie? comedy. It's not why you cast her. I think and I think what a you're lot saying of the... might be a little more true today. But that's not necessarily the case in 2006 when this movie was made. You reckon? No. I mean, because I think at that point, Parks and Rec was made They're all Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Like, all of them. Yeah. But it's not a Saturday Night Live style comedy. It's a... It's a... Well, so this is my question, is maybe it is. And this goes into the specific madness that you're seeing in the movie that I might see as... I'm, I'm willing to be convinced. It might not be a lack of control... But the neo-Marxists are totally farcical and their yeah. plot ultimately amounts to nothing because they think Michelle Geller has the tape, right? Yeah. And then they all die anyway. Yeah. But the tape... She does have the tape. Michelle Geller, but... She then gives it... But she doesn't have the tape that she thinks she has. No. She has the she tape. She has the, the worst tape. Right. The second tape. Right. So my point is, even saying this all out loud, it's nonsense and it's just like... But this is it. These all seem like important stories. But the main storyline, which is off-center, the main storyline being basically what I equate to the second coming of Jesus as a time traveler, (laughs) which is amazing, by (laughs) the way, to say as a sentence. But, like, 
This it's off. It's like off center. The main storyline, which is the end times, and everyone else has these important opinions on things and things that they have to do. Totally. And, and like point taken. And I'm I'm really trying to agree with you here. I, I I think I am because in casting a troupe of comedians who exercise this, he is making another metatextual yeah. comment because it is hilarious yeah. stuff that they're yeah. doing, like. They're literally talking about animal, like llama shit at yeah. one point. Yeah. So instead of paying attention, but to the then plot you of interject this, this like madness, like the improv comedy style <laughs> acting that they're doing this word poetry thing. <laughs> yes. It's all kind of comedic, and they've got squibs, and which are like so Lovitz, poorly timed, yeah. and Lovitz shoots them Blasts literally, them. like straight up shoots them, and then the squibs go off. So you have actual sad guy killing people and you're kind of like oh that's a bit rough and then the squib punctuates it with a joke and yeah. then he kills another person and then the squib punctuates that with a with joke another joke and then you look over to giant the rock looking nervous with his little thing doing his thing and it's just like the whole thing is like a a roller coaster of like punctuated jokes and then like like a serious problem, and then and I then, see. I think that's all more joke than it is serious problem, and maybe it's. Uh, I don't know, man. Because like I think like the you've got a beautiful wave of uh, uh, wave of mutilation surf rock song going off at the same time, right? And like yeah, it's, it's just it's all beautiful and it's, it's punching really hard. But the only person having a human reaction in that moment is Wood Harris, who knows that John Lovitz is about to kill him. He realizes yeah. that the plan's gone wrong. Everybody else is still kind of like, wait, what the fuck is this? Like, the tension is being heightened, but it's comedy the whole way. And and even at the very end, when he turns the camera around and John Lovitz says, like, this is my show now. And to your point, very against type. And yeah. you almost don't believe it because it's a ridiculous thing for him to say. But this is what I think, like... Like the world, like basically what I think the message is, is that the world has gotten so messy, so weird, so broken, like that, that it's, they're like, basically the universe is just canceling it. Like basically that's where I, I took the story to be like, okay, like the end times came about because everything's gone to shit. And so... That was where... So like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's just like we believe that it's all going to shit. Because so. I do believe... I do... In my watching of the film again... And I, I watched it a bit actually. I mean I watched the whole film... And then I went back and watched bits. Nice. But just bits. But um, the Baron is the Antichrist. Okay. And the Baron is Wallace Shawn. Yeah. Our, lead, our fluid karma guy. Yeah. Again, that's another one where, like, that nickname shows up halfway through the movie. Nobody yeah. calls him that for an hour and 30 minutes. And then at some point, somebody's like, the Baron. And you're like, wait, who the fuck are they talking yeah. about? And five scenes later, somebody refers to it. And you're like, oh, the uh, right, because the Baron of Trier. I just, I need to impress that, like, moment to moment, watching this movie, it's fucking nonsense. Yes, no, no, it's nonsense. And I, but I, I find myself enthralled in it. I do too. Like, I'm not. I absolutely. I I just even put some of it on earlier today and watched the end of it again, and I'm like, this is the time. This is when it's all going to come together. Yeah. No, I know that part. I know, oh right. What? Well, okay. Have you worked out 
by the way, because I haven't, what the dance at the end. So that's Krista now like launching her her CD, right? Yeah, but with the gas masks. Yeah, yeah, right. right. But then Boxer Centaurus and Mandy oh. Moore's character join in, <laughs> yeah. and there's like this dance, and I'm like. Mandy Moore also great in this movie. Oh my god! Yeah, like really good. Yeah. Like the whole thing. Um, but it. So basically, this is where I'm like, it's it's like they kind of worked out that it's all for nothing, and then they 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 kind of. That's what I like. So I'm watching it. I'm like, maybe they're kind of, oh, this is it. This is the end, and then they all just kind of go, yeah, okay, all right, it's the end. Everything. Everything is meaningless now, so we might as well dance. And that was okay. I don't know. Like, I, still I don't know what he was doing. Also, with it. I should, like my notes are literally just—it's a list of questions. I have some oh. other stuff. Yeah, throw them in. Okay, okay. here I'll, we'll just do random question time, okay. um, and then I'll get back to the, some of the bigger stuff. Uh, did the little people come back? Answered yes. Do you, there's like a whole squad of little people at the NSA. Have you noticed? The, and then there's the, the security cop, cop, yeah, and the partiers on the beach, yeah, and so it's, so I I don't, I don't know, like I felt like, no, I don't know, I, okay, I felt like they wanted you to see that everything was weird, like everything had gotten out of out of kilter, but I don't think that that. I don't know. So I think... But like, then they're not... Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a point where it's sloppy. Because yeah. it's like, okay, that'd be a great point to make. The world is wild now. We can't expect anything. But then what are you saying about the world that yeah. we're in today? Yeah. That that's the way that you're communicating it? I know. Or yeah. are you making a and message also, about inclusion? But then why aren't we uh, talking about I guess it? Or it I guess it is very LA? inclusive. Because they seriously do not make a, make a point about it at all. They right. don't even nod at it. I, like, so it is a funny thing there, because, like, I don't know why it's there, but then I'm also like, yeah, maybe he just had friends who wanted to be in the movie, and he was like, I'll cast you as a normal person and you're done. And that would be a really neat... Right, well, that would be great if there was one person standing there, but they, he, like, he, there's literally <laughs> a line of little people that are just no, right. standing there. No and idea. I have less of a question when later on in the movie one of the SWAT members is a little person. That's whatever. Yeah. But I, it bumps me and it makes me wonder about Richard Kelly's motivations yeah. and control of this story. Because if it's something from a larger script or whatever. Oh, do you know about the comic books? Yeah, I read that this week. So, uh, spoiler alerts for future episodes, gang. But we'll do the can cut next time. Yeah. And then I'm going to go heavy into this world. But I kind of want to like... Just watch these movies. Because, you know, there's so many other properties. I've, I've like... heard that they don't solve anything. Basically, <laughs> I've, I've heard... Of course they don't. Act 1, 2, and 3 are the comic books. And we've got Act 4, 5, 6. Right. In so, this film. In this film. Right. So this is the sequel to the comic books. But the comic books set up a lot of rules. Right. And the rules don't make sense. And then I think he tried to follow the rules in the movie and it got out of hand. But I'll be curious to find that out. Yeah, exactly. I, I, haven't, I haven't read them. So. Yeah. But I also, just as like a, a philosophical thing, it's like, well, then make part one. Yeah. I, you know, 
show me that movie because I like oh movies, yeah. you know. I I like what I would watch part one of this movie. Okay, back to dumb questions yeah. um, that I think just aren't. It, this one comes up later, but um, I think this might be an editing thing. I'll skip over it. But Bai Ling is pops up in weird places in this movie without explanation, and then there's the rock explains it to her at the end in a scene that I actually kind of like but you know when he like that the very last yeah. scene that he, they have together but this is where I'm like I think he's worked it out and yeah I think so as too one of the yeah and as one of the facets of Jesus okay <laughs> so big question now are the rock and Stifler yep. the same person or yep. like quantumly entangled yes or, okay. so in my opinion is my both of them uh Jesus or the the second coming of Jesus, the end time bringer, but like they're finishing it all off, and that's both copies of Roland and Boxer Centeros. And Boxer Centeros knows more than he's meant to. Well he's sort of like created this thing. Yeah. I want to talk about that more. Yeah. Um <laughs> this Yeah, so there's weird. there's so much. Yeah, like, <laughs> just to point out, the we two, both agree that the two leads of this movie are Quantum Entangled Jesus. Yeah. I have other questions. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, this one's a little silly, but I think, uh, sh- oh, Terry in the ice cream truck when she, like, beats up the guy and yeah. then because he won't take a personal check. Yeah. I, th- I think she calls him a cockfucker, which is... Maggie Gyllenhaal calls Jake Gyllenhaal in the dinner scene mm-hmm. of Donnie Darko. Yeah. Or I, I think there's some sort of repetition of that and there's some repeating themes that I... Yeah, for I sure. No, so that pulled in... That pulled in literal themes from Donnie Darko. Oh, very much so. Like the the fourth dimension totally. um, vector yeah. is mentioned... And like and visualized. And visualized. Yeah. Like, yeah. In this movie we're in I would argue we're inside of it a few times. Yeah. So Because it gets blurred. Yeah, gets, exactly. Yeah. And then at the very end you can see it outside of the ship's perspective. Uh, okay, my own question. Okay. The drug. The 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 like basically the machinery that's causing a lot of the oddities, the fluid karma machine. Uh-huh. It produces a liquid, and they inject it, or what is the drug? Because there are five drugs, and they only show you one of them being used. How do you know there are five drugs? Oh, because he describes them. The 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 drug dealer who slash Martin Keefarer. No, 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 um, Justin Timberlake's character. Yeah, he is saying, "I got, I've got them all." I got. Do you want green? Oh or right. Like, do you want blue? Right, right. And he's like, right. "Don't worry about yellow and orange, because if you if you want talk directly to God, take red." And then he injects red in himself, and then suddenly, like, oh, like he he's being liberal. Like I think it's it's the Antichrist has built a machine <laughs> that is. Pretending to save the world, but is bringing about the end. And when he talks about talking to God, by slowing down the rotation of the planet by point zero 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 that's zero, right. zero 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 six percent. That's right. Okay. Damn. I so I Boxer like that Santeros, line. 
<laughs> but why isn't that? Why it's, isn't that in this movie? When he went through time, he in, he got quantum entangled with the fucking storyline, basically. Like, so yeah, he yes. suddenly gets he suddenly gets it. He's basically on par with God at times. Like he's getting bits. Like he's okay, and, and, and then he's, Roland, he's he's intertwined with the story physically. So he doesn't know anything. But he just knows he wants to touch his other friend, his other half. He's like, I need to find my brother. Okay. And he doesn't even know he's not his brother. I really think you're right. I I want that to be <laughs> right. And that's what that's what I'm looking for in this movie. But every time I watch this movie, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just like, this is nonsense. No. What are you saying right yeah. now? Yeah. And so this is where I want to criticize Kelly as a yeah. director. Because it doesn't get that story across. If yeah. you just chop out one of those dance sequences at the end of your movie, you could have one of your characters say this to another character instead of exposition style. Instead of this screen of getting that across in text that is being like yeah. anagrammed yeah. and it boggles the mind. But so I, you've I got do. I like no. So I, I like talking about this yeah, movie. I, I like, don't think I like this movie. No, I know, I know. It, it is, it is. Basically, I just like that this movie exists, and I, I like, too. I like that, I like that people perhaps got tricked into paying for a crazy film. But I really want more crazy film. Like I really want more of this. Well, like, then, so I almost feel, and this is you know kicking a man when he's down, but. You had a responsibility, Richard Kelly, because I want more of this too. Yeah. And maybe, honestly, it's it's not Richard Kelly's fault. It's probably that he's just way too far ahead of the curve for a thing like this. Yeah. Because, and we, we've sort of talked about this at the opening of this series, but if you pitched this story today as a 10-part series, oh, yeah. it would get made oh, and yeah. it would probably fucking rule. Yeah. But trying You're to right. make it a two and a half hour movie... Yeah. It doesn't work at all. No, in and Netflix world, basically, yeah, you're right. Because what is that? Um, oh, there's a TV show, Altered Carbon. Altered Carbon does a lot of this, and it's it's not the same, but it's certainly punching the. It's playing the same game, or it's like in this, you know. Like this. And thematically, it's very much about people occupying the same roles with each other throughout history, yeah. and how that's inevitable. And yeah. God, yeah. Imagine. Okay, here's another uh, just kind of dumb question. Who the fuck is Starla Von Luft? And what is that all about? So she works at the NSA. She's the woman who's like mashing <laughs> yeah. okay. to her face. So my, my interpretation of that is she has been watching... She was on Bathroom Duty. Right. Video Bathroom right. Duty... For 48 hours, basically straight. Right. And she lost her mind in the like. But she's lost before that, man. She's a crazy person we before never that. See her yeah, before we that. do. Yeah, that's the stuff with the, the mole, like the chip, the bug, yeah. that leads Upu 2 to the neo Marxist. She plans. Yeah, this that. is all done in like. A day and a half. This whole yeah, that's another question. This timeline, the you know, this movie's oh, bonkers. So this movie, this movie to me is like a thirty-six hour period. I think that's at, right. At, yeah, at max, like that is it. Basically, 
they hint at things that happened a lot earlier. They talk about stuff that happened over the last week or two, like writing the script. But okay, so her 48-hour period, I've lost the timeline. Her 48-hour period of toilet duty is like a flashback to before this moment in time. Uh, they just mention it while she's already... No, so they watch like, her do it. She's already doing it. Yeah. But that she's like, they're like, wow, she's like 48 hours deep on this awful thing. Right. That's like act one. Act two, she flips out because she's in love with Boxer Santeros. I think... And she somehow got hold of the script. My memory is that act one is her planting the bug. Act two is her doing ship duty. Act three is her on the beach screaming at the rock to suck his dick. Oh, yeah. So after and just to, again, the way this movie is focused on some stuff maybe is very intentional because we get a few. There is some dialogue and some visual about her watching bathrooms at LAX, and the cut from there, I believe, is to. Uh, Wood Hill and Amy Poehler, the neo-Marxist in the makeup. Oh, yeah. And they're talking about... Oh, because... No, 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 sorry. I'm confusing two moments in time. But also, uh, The Rock, when he's first telling his story to Stifler, Sean William Scott, he's like, this baby's different. It hasn't had a bowel movement in a week. Oh, the yeah. Wait, his energy is different. And then we find out that Stifler hasn't taken a shit in a week. And then we find out that the Nero Marxists are they're listening to that, right? Because that's part of their plan. Yeah. And they have a conversation about whether animals should be free from the yoke of defecating. Yeah. And they go back and forth for a few minutes on that. And like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this movie is bonkers, man. I don't know. I I mean it's hard because we're trying to like we're trying to like build reason into it and i think it might be more about a vibe than reason <laughs> like i think i think at least the way that i interpret it is you're watching it and everything's madness and it and yeah. it's kind of like how mad things will get when everything goes wrong when everything's when everything is out of control like basically Politics has gotten out of control. The world's gotten out of control. You're Oil's saying this like it's going to happen in the future, James. <laughs> One of the reasons I do love this movie is because, no, that feels right. That's what I mean. Like, you're watching it and you're like, oh, yeah, right. Everything is feeling out of control. Yeah. And this movie is like, yeah. And we're all looking in the wrong direction. Yeah. And we're all looking at Trump thinking that that's the problem and he's probably just a symptom and there's something yeah. else but it's just he, he is a problem <laughs> you know like yeah there no and yeah so there are real problems <laughs> but, ah, this movie breaks my brain yeah I don't know man like James can I ask you a question yeah do you want to fuck or watch a movie <laughs> see this is love it right yeah and that's not him at all <laughs> no. they cast him wrong and I'm I'm telling you right for that exactly but but <laughs> The whole movie, they've cast everyone wrong. And I just love it because it makes you feel like everything's off kilter. Like everything is like an unbalanced wheel. And it's all wobbling along. And you're like, why is it? I think that's really true. And I think that that came together for me. That kind of emotion 
was so in the scene where Boxer Santeros finally gets back to the Frost family, right? We yep. meet Mandy Moore and she's got cock chuggers in her hand. And that scene Cock Chuggers too, right? Cock, right. <laughs> cock chugging. Yeah, cock chugging. Yeah. <laughs> There's a col some col no colon, whatever. Yeah. Um that scene I was like, oh, oh I'm watching a noir film. This is, yeah. we've just met the actual power player here, and now everything is about to change, which it does. But then that scene goes on for a couple extra beats, and we start watching a soap opera, like a yeah. real melodrama, yeah. emotional. Days of Allies, kind of. Yeah. yeah. And so that's where it's like, oh, wait, no, we're doing all of the genres. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, no, 100%. Okay. And I think there are, so where I, and maybe we're just kind of saying different words to uh, uh, try and pin this thing down, but where I disagree with you about people being cast wrong on purpose is that I think there are really adept and well-balanced performances within this movie. No, no. So I'm not saying they're the wrong people or they've done it wrong. I'm saying he's, he's purposefully put them outside of their niche. You're expecting. You right. see them on the poster. You see them show up in the scene. You're like, I know that this person's going to be the like the comic half, relief, half, the, the cut, the the comic relief. The, yeah, exactly. And then they don't. They turn. They go. So Lovitz, you see him show up, and he's kind of a bit funny in the car. He's like a bit edgy, but you're like, it's that guy. So what's this going to be like? And then you get to the scene, and he straight murders everyone. Yeah. And you're like, what was... Wait, he's not that guy. But then... So they tricked me with him. Yeah. And then there's a scene later where he's got the tape, and he's just like, you want to fuck? <laughs> and you're like, oh, man. So they turn it again. I feel like that, that has to be turning back to comedy, right? Because that's not a, like... But he's doing it seriously, well, like, right. in a, like... But it is comedic. Like, well, of course, it's hilarious, but, but he's I think doing it seriously the way that, like, Will Arnett is doing Batman seriously. That's right, yeah. So, he's doing he's doing a comedic performance, but he's doing a, a, you know, a very specific inversion of his persona within that comedic performance, right? No. No. I don't think it's... I think the comedy is in... Is outside of like his. I think the comedy is in. Okay, let me ask you it this way: Do you think that John Lovitz is in on the joke, or do you think that Richard Kelly, as a director, is pulling it over on him, where he's like, no, 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 no. I mean, I think, I think John Lovitz is playing a hard ass character, but Lovitz knows that he's not that guy. So when he got cast for it, he's like, oh, okay, I get it. So I'm like. I'm cast wrong, okay. but I need to put on my best performance okay. of this. I think we see that the same way. I, like, so I think everybody's doing that. Yeah. And there are... John Lovitz is a great performance. I think Mandy Moore is a great performance. Yeah, Mandy Moore. I think Sean William Scott is a great performance. Yeah, Sean William Scott might be, like, my favorite performance of this movie. Because I think, like, he... He's doing the two characters, but the two characters have kind of experienced the world differently, so they are kind of different. Okay. And like, yeah. So they, I don't know, like, well, you get yeah. so little of no, you, you yeah. know, the other one. Yeah, you do, but but he's definitely he in performance for a bit. Yeah. yeah. I I think I would give it to Mandy Moore, 
watching it, and I mean, especially yeah, this most recent time, I was like, oh, she loves him. That's why this is happening. Yeah. Like, she actually really is affected by this person. Uh, and I, I think, yeah, she's got to see. Because, like, this is, yeah, I, I mean, I, we could talk forever about this, but, like, this whole movie, it's just insane. But the thing that I think punctuates the movie is. Oh, the, I also want to show John Larroquette is really fucking good in this. Oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. The thing that punctuates no, no, the movie is what you were describing before with meeting the Power family, the Frost, in the third act, right? At the end of the film, you meet them all, and. The point is, is that they think they're in control. They are completely kind of sure of themselves, standing in this giant blimp above LA skyline, right. talking to Boxer Sinteros and the Baron, and they are of the opinion that they are completely in control. And they're not. Everything is not going how they're planning, but they think it is. And that's what I think this movie is. Everyone thinks that their plan is going well, but it isn't. And so, like, you know, so... Will Sasso, it feels like his stuff goes pretty well, right? Who's Will Sasso? He's the... uh, They go and kill Mama... Don Mama NSA lady. But he's working for the Baron... But he doesn't. Oh, right. So he's he's like right. That's he's, see, oh, that's so he's working for the Baron, which he's, comes in voiceover. So he's 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 part of the Antichrist breaking everything plan. So he's not like okay. So he 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 appears to be helping one side and then helping the other side, but it turns out he's helping the demise of everything. Like he's he's like the nothing in. Like the never ending story. Like, they're all like. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry. Just, no, no, like, it's good. It's yeah, pulling think, apart everything. I, my thing is, uh, yeah, I think you're ultimately right. It just the, it this doesn't movie requires yeah. requires so much reading, and even if you're very actively reading it, yeah, you can miss all oh, of this. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I'm one of the few people, and you now included, who've watched this movie. <laughs> more, more than, than once. like one yeah yeah I feel like I needed this kind of distraction this week because otherwise this would make me mad you know yeah like and in the in the insane sense of the word it mm-hmm. would just like drive me to the brink this movie yeah. is uh, pretty nutso it's very very nutso it's a I, I mean I think I want more people to watch it so I can find more like-minded people who can watch this movie multiple times. I think there aren't many of them. <laughs> like, I think you, you. I think that's a real challenge. I yeah. think I think if some people could just watch it, just in case they love it, there must be like a cult following somewhere. I, I should really look for it because there there must be because it is a, it is it is like. A modern day version of Lynch's June, like I haven't seen that one. Oh, right, I think well, I'm just... watch it. I'm, I'm trying. I'm, my goal is to read Dune this year before oh, yeah. Villeneuve comes out. Oh my god, yeah. So I'm Villain. getting ready to dive into Dune World in a serious way, and my brain will never be the same. I'm sure because I mean, I'll be hopelessly addicted to spice by the end of it. <laughs> uh, I, I read the book at the right time. So I was like a teenager, read it, loved it. I don't know if it's, you know, like, if it's as 
I mean, have, have you talked to anyone else about it? Because I really liked the book, but I read it a long time ago, so maybe I, nostalgia has just rose-tinted glass, you know, like the whole... No, I mean, I, I haven't talked to really anybody else about the book. I've heard it discussed, you know, in pop culture, but okay, my yeah. understanding is that the it holds up. People okay, cool. celebrate it as yeah. a seminal work of science fiction. Oh, nice. So, I, yeah, I want to, I'm looking forward to it. Maybe we'll do a book club also... I think for the same reason that I love this movie, it's the same reason I like Dune, where nothing is explained and you spend a lot of time trying to... You've got history. History that they... I mean, it's a lot more poignant and a lot... Like, the writing is beautiful in Dune, so it, like, works a lot more. But it's, once again, like, they'll hint at something that happened in the past, but they don't explain it all. And then you kind of work it out through the rest of the story you're like oh they don't have computers oh and this is why they don't have you know like that brings me back to this movie because it's jam packed with that stuff yeah so on one of the viewings this week I noticed that our man in the the blimp who's pointing the gun at Boxer Santeros when he gets through is that that's not Kevin Smith is it I think it might be Kevin Smith, who is another filmmaker that I'd be very interested in yeah. covering. Because I, uh, have we talked about Tusk? <laughs> no, we haven't. But it, I, I might think I Tusk is a masterpiece the way you think this is a masterpiece. Okay. okay. And I know people hate that movie. Oh yeah. So I don't stop watching movies. That might be why I've seen this one all the way through and then got in love with it. Okay. I just continue watching movies. I did not finish Tusk. Okay. Oh. One of the reasons I love it is because of where it ends. The last two minutes of that movie are like bonkers bug shit for a movie that is already yeah. completely off the rails. But there's because of the movie that's preceded it, there's nowhere else to go with this thing. <laughs> there's one other way to go with this thing that's even darker, but it's just like, uh, okay... Yeah, I guess. Oh so it leaves me with this feeling of like, well, you did it, man. You yeah. made a movie that is like thoroughly an expression of what you wanted to say. And I don't think that's a common achievement in cinema. Even if you ascribe to the auteur theory, it's pretty rare that you get a real pure vision. <laughs> okay. And for better or worse, I think Tusk is a pure vision. <laughs> all right, all right. So we'll 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 put that in the list. Okay. We'll so, because I may. Yeah. Sorry, my point is actually that I do believe that is Kevin Smith. He plays a character called Simon Theory, and when they get up, when the Rock goes into spy mode and gets to the the back of the engine room or wherever yeah. they are, he's pointing the gun at them, right? The one he's 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 running. He's got a big bushy beard. Yeah, he's and he's running the the bootleg. Yeah, he's the, trying to distribute the, the the tape that. Yeah, Krista now eventually has, but the Deep Throw Two is trying to get. Yeah, he's and trying. He's to running the website that. that is outside the NSA, the USI Death website. Yeah. yeah. Yes, but he's running it from within yes. the Mega Blimp. Yes. That is currently hosting the people who operate USI Den. Yes. So the Baron is playing both sides of the party. Yes. Like, so he's got he's got Which the neo he is just sowing evil. He's the Antichrist making he's this. He's pretending all to save everyone with this new fuel that is 
an unlimited doesn't doesn't have any cost doesn't have any value like you know doesn't won't cost you a right. thing as long as the tides keep rolling it is a perpetual motion machine yeah and so that guy is pictured in sort of like um, Shepherd Fairy Obey style reliefs yeah. at a few different points throughout the movie. So he's also part of a propaganda presence, yeah. which I think is related to the neo Marxist and Deep Throat too. But it's just, you can barely yeah. see it at the edges of this movie, and it's like everything that you're describing. So I, I had no concept that that was Kevin Smith. I didn't either until I read it right now. I'm like, no, that guy was called. Some theory, right? Yeah. Unless I'm really misreading. No, no, yeah. I really think that's it. Uh, also, since his picture is right next to him in the cast, let's curse Armstrong as Dr. Soberin. I don't know. Um, but he's one of the Liquid Karma guys. Yeah. So when he's breaking it down to the rock, what the fuck happens? He has a line that's like, so what do you do when you discover a rift in the space-time continuum? You threw monkeys into it. <laughs> And to me, that's this movie. Yeah. Where they're just kind of like, fuck it. And yeah. fuck you. It's going to be crazy. And that's, yeah. I think, the point that you're making. Yeah. It's just going to be a nutso one. No, it is. Because I, I just love, like, I honestly, I, I, so, yeah, just, like, I think there's something under all of this. But I think they might have lost control of it. But I think there's still it's still there. Like I think you're right. I think, and I think you might be right that the lack of control is actually a thematic underpinning. Yeah. I but don't I think know it, that I want to watch that though. No, I know. No, but I think like I think it got out of hand. Like I think I think the film's about things out of hand. But I don't think he did it on purpose. I think perhaps like the the production was like got got cold feet and changed an edit or something like I think, I think the that film a lot of that happened I think the film got broken but he was intending for it to be a bit confusing and if you break a film it gets a bit confusing I, if I, a, if you break a confusing film it it it's falls just done for. yeah it just absolutely implodes on itself and I think I think you That's might be heavy. right about that. And I'm really curious to see the can cut to see if there's a little more of this in there. So the can cut is his cut? Yes. Okay, I would like to see this. I've also heard some people say it's a much worse movie. Yeah. So I don't know. But it reminds me of, you know, tell me if you've had this experience, but I um, like regularly had to turn down a lot of sketch groups that were like, here's our pilot program or our pilot pitch. It's like Tim and Eric's show. And then they're like, yeah, so we can just make it shitty and then whatever. It's like, no, 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 man. Tim and Eric Awesome Show is very specifically it's shitty. On amazingly very... shitty. Yeah. Like they have really worked out what can be shitty and how to do it right. And they're in total control of it the whole way. <laughs> yeah. And if you're not in total control of it, it's just going to be shitty. Yeah. And that's invariably how those projects end up. Yeah. And that's why I don't do them. No. And then there's this thing, which is kind of what you're talking about. He's like trying to make a thing that's, un- it's supposed to be unbalanced. It's yeah. supposed to be a little wobbly and it should be a little confusing and yeah. it should, a lot of it should add up to nothing. Yeah. Because... Red herrings and purposefully like... Um, like even beyond red herrings. Yeah. Like like a, a real, sorry, I described it up front as metatextual. Yeah. But, and I'm, I'm, I think one of the ways that's happening is it's like, 
it's not even a red herring. It's like hitting you with the fish, where it's like, yeah. no, 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 smell that, smell that, smell that. Throwing yeah. it away, it doesn't yeah. matter. No, don't, don't think about but that. Yeah, now we're done with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, no, I mean, that's what I got from this, was that he was intending to make an odd film, a broken film, and then they broke it after he'd already planned yeah. it to be a bit broken, but in a, like, in a planned, careful, Tim and Eric kind of broken way. Yeah. And then they broke it, and I think, yeah, I think, I think like it, it, but it, there's something in there. Because there I really just, is, yeah. and I, I, you've convinced me to like it again, I'm telling you. I, before we started talking about it, I was just like, I, why did I watch this movie four times? What am I doing with my life? And now we've talked about it for however long, I'm like, yeah, it, maybe it is the best movie. <laughs> no, I <just> certainly not. <laughs> no, it's, it's not like, um, I, I have fortitude in my opinions, man. I'll tell you some stuff that I think is really good and really mm. bad, and this movie yeah. really throws me through yeah. a loop, man. From scene to scene, yeah. I love it and I hate it. And Oh, I mean, there are times where I'm grinning ear to ear. Like, honestly, like I was saying, with the wave, with the surf rock version of Wave of Mutilation with the fog and the killings and, and the whole thing, it just... It's cool. It's dripping with cool sometimes. I'm like, this was neat. Like, I really enjoyed that moment. And then the, the Killers song is cool. Like, it's, it's beautiful. done beautifully. And then the fact that the guy is singing, and then he stops singing, and you realize he's lip syncing. But it's intention, you know, like, and then he's like, he's ah. thinking, and he's thinking about stuff, and you're like, so... He stops being in the moment and the dancers are still dancing and now he's contemplating his place in the story. But before he was just part of the, the vision. Like, you know, it's just there are times in this movie and that are beautiful and cool. And dude, like, he, I want to talk about that scene for a minute. Oh, sorry. It's a fourth musical. Before you jump movie. into that, go ahead. He's another example of a, a weird casting on purpose. Sure. But he is amazing. Acts really good. I, I mean, I, I think his, his acting is great in that. Yeah. And I think him being the narrator is like, it's in his, it's in his wheelhouse. But at the peak of his, he's like a, a, a music, like he's a music star, like a right. rock star. Yeah, oh yeah. And a big movie star doing a lot of big films. He, yeah, he's always had a kind of like, he had some Why big, isn't he a bigger movie star? He was in a few he, films. Yeah, he's definitely and he was really movies. picking up. And then they put him in this movie as a like, and they gave him a full face scar, scar, yeah, as like the heartthrob movie star music guy. You could put him on the poster and get people to watch your film, but instead they gave him a full face I don't scar. Necessarily think that's true. I just I think you could and maybe that's more true internationally but in America he was like he was in movies and okay. we were always kind of like oh yeah just yeah okay, okay. but it, it was always like why didn't he bubble what uh, you know okay. he could be a movie star and so to that end like this is good at acting this in this music video in the middle yeah, of this movie that's right there is that scene towards the end where he like you said he's contemplating his experience and his place with this and it's heartbreaking yeah it, and he's incredible because he's being all cool and dancing with the girls and everything's cool and it's but all perfect and shiny that he's yeah. very removed and, and like he's drinking beer and pouring and it on himself yeah. and fucking off with it but then he falls out of that moment and <sighs> now he's just standing there 
and he's thinking, and you can see his eyes well up, like... Oh. It's another point where there are layers to the performance yeah. within this wildness. Yeah. I, uh, That's cool. I can't decide if it's totally in control or totally not. Um, let's stop trying to answer that yeah, question. Sorry. We, we're no, 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 don't be sorry. I mean, it's I think... But I, I do have just a couple of other questions, which oh, yeah. are the, like, uh, the religious overtones. Yeah. If that's something that... Because it, it's like, visually, it's obviously happening, right? The... One of the last I mean, times I th- we see The Rock, his Jesus tattoo is bleeding, bleeding through his shirt. shirt. Yeah. And the obviously, uh, Justin Timberlake is quoting Revelations as much as every other character is quoting T.S. Eliot but, but, in this yeah, movie. But yeah, Revelations is, is the end times, right? And it's kind of, like when you read actual Revelations, like, right. like right. It's, it's not, no one survives the Revelation. Right. Like that... The way that the book the the books read out in Revelations is the seas the, the seas days. boil blood rains from the sky everyone you know like yeah the certain of teeth and yeah the certain blood. chosen who we don't know who it is but it's like you know elevate rise up into the heavens yeah no I'm familiar with like, the story of Revelations no but I'm meaning like. It just, like, I think that they just went, all right, this is the story, but instead of just doing this character and this character, and here is the, you know, like, they've gone and split Jesus into into three. Well, I think that tracks also because, right, our, it's the Holy Trinity. Yeah. So I'm willing to go with Father, Son, and Holy Ghost and sort of, like, yeah. metaphysical, physical, spiritual yeah. experience. But um, they weren't Jesus before the time travel. So basically the problem is... <laughs> okay. The problem is, is that they went through the time tra- the time rift. Okay. And they basically like... Spl- like basically joined and split. They became entangled. And then they become... Okay. So... Because um, the tattoos are new. He didn't have the tattoos before... They talk about that in the movie. They're like, what's right. with all the new tattoos? And the tattoos are all religious ones. There's some Buddhist right. ones. There's a there's a Jesus one. Okay, so okay. <laughs> I knew. No, no. So my question is, um, I'm kind of losing track of it because yeah. it's like, well, yeah, it's sort of there with all this stuff. It's like I think see, it's the least planned out part of the movie, though. Like I think he wanted the uncomfortable feeling of the film. I think he planned that out a lot more. Okay. I think, like, like with my opinions on the casting, okay. with the way that it's cut, with the tone changing from genre to genre, like, there are, like, it gets very sci-fi, and then it gets very soap opera, and then it gets noir, and it gets all... So this yeah. is all on purpose. Like, this is all the stuff. I think, like, he basically built in the, the arc of the end times, and then I, like... Okay, yeah, I think that's possible. It, it leads me to questions that I have about the nature of cyberpunk in cinema. Because the when this movie is doing that sort of wide-eyed, wild fun, it, it's really... It does feel thought out and purposeful. Yeah. When I'm trying to resolve the arcs of this thing, it, do, it doesn't feel... Yeah. Like there's much of anything there. So if I'm trying to look for more direct, you know, classical illusions or 
um, archetypical expressions of storytelling, maybe they're just that's not the part that he was interested in as a filmmaker. Or he was, and it got broken yeah. in the end. Like, yeah. you know, like the the bits that don't come across in the film, and those are the bits that I think like needed more. The main storyline needed more. It's frustrating because it's though the that stuff is not the part that I want more of. You know what yeah. I mean? I want more of the world building. I'm curious yeah. about this. Sure. The mechanisms of all these things. I liked the like the 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 separation basically of the United States that they became separate countries. Sure. Like I I found that a really interesting like. I think Story that's really interesting itself. also. I think that's a really uh, good point to sort of transition out of this movie and talk about Richard Kelly thematically over the two films that we've seen so far. Because this movie is obviously very obsessed with America. Yeah. And it's one of the... And, and you know, the, the future of America, and even the present of America, right? But the it's one of... Well, at this point, the past of America in this movie. Yeah. But it was also a pretty... Uh, not just latent theme but not a real active theme in Donnie Darko you know we talked about the like distorted national anthem that leads Donnie Darko into his into his experience I should say and obviously the suburban malaise type stuff and there's another shot there's some some very pointed flag shots in Donnie Darko and there's obviously a bunch of flag stuff here this whole thing happens around the 4th of July in the sort of a like a commemoration of the nuclear attacks and an election yeah and you know it's very much interested in america yeah does this i don't know i guess i don't know what the question is there what what is what do you take away from these movies about american culture maybe yeah it 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 certainly feels like looking under the hood or looking up the skirt like that kind of it's like America but seen from a different view or seen from other people's eyes it's like typically in the movies you see America in the America fuck yeah kind of sense like <laughs> yeah. you know well I mean it's super common before yes yeah. 9-11 and that's, then... that's right and it it, it it's it got it's less, fuck it yeah got... in a different way now yeah yeah but it this is a very like, ah, oh, yeah, it, it's a different game. Yeah, I don't. I, that's a poor question. I don't have an answer for it. But he really seems to at least be concerned about. I don't know some sense of patriotism. This movie yeah. is obviously highly political. I mean, yeah, it's funny, right? That the guy, the uh, not Nana May Frost, but the the. Someone, oh, I think he's Senator Robert Frost. Frost. He's yeah, Bobby he's, Frost. Yeah, that's, that's right. Why yeah, he's yeah. always quoting he's, both, his yeah. poems. He's Bobby Frost. Um, basically, he's playing a George W. Bush kind of character quite often. He almost has moments of George W. Bush, but then the movie also has George W. Bush in yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And so you're like, oh, so it's like a. A, a feeling or something like well it's hyper meta I think it's yeah. it's operating on several levels at once it's trying to 
it's showing you the thing and then showing you a satirization of the thing yeah. at the same time. Well, it's and th- that that part really comes home in the Rock's character. Yeah, I think that's the stuff that works strongest. Where it's like, oh, he's written this script, and the movie that we're watching is also the yep. movie that he's describing. Yes, it is you know that's pretty fucking but impressive he, writing. Yeah, he's um, aware of the story that he's in. And he thinks it's his story. He's like, oh, I'm aware of the story. Let's write it down. So him and Krista write the story down, thinking it's a new story. Right. But he's actually living. He's, he's got it in his brain. He's writing the future. He's seeing what's happening. Yeah. And then the scientist saying the things to him. Yeah. Is because she read the script that he wrote. Yeah. And called herself that character's name. But... Like she, she, that's not her name, and she doesn't know any of that stuff. He knows that stuff, but then she says it to him, and he's like, "Oh, so it's just like we're all just characters in somebody's book, man." But it is like that. But it's it doesn't do that. Like you know, so it does that in the film, but it really doesn't make that a main point of the film. Like, I can tell this movie has also broken your brain. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. I, okay, so I have one more thing yeah. that I want to bring up about Richard Kelly, and it does circle back to Frost, right? Yeah. This movie also, it, it, this movie is like just embarrassing with its need to speak poems out loud and reference other literature and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So. But he does that. He, he? That's it's... something they did a lot in Donnie Darko, where like, and and actually, kind of to the point we we're just talking about, where Donnie Darko. We're watching a movie that is like a version of the book that the movie is about kind of thing. And that's what's happening with the script and The Rock also. So, I I don't know. Those are themes that we can draw out. He seems to be very interested in time loops and causational relationships. Uh, But he also seems like kind of like a... You know what? Richard Kelly might be like the... Maybe like an officious nerd. I'm just totally projecting. But he seems like the kind of dude who might, um, actually. <laughs> um, actually. <laughs> nice. Push his glasses up his nose. Because he wants us to know <laughs> that he is very well read. Or, or, yeah, is that him or doing this like, dumb thing yeah. in the movie where he's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm telling dumb characters to be dumb in a world that's dumb. Yeah. And you, they think they're smart, but they're dumb, so yeah. that's why this is so dumb. This movie. Oh my god, yeah. Well, I'll probably watch it another thousand times. I don't know, man. <laughs> I think you should have a break sometimes, because I think it... Yeah, I well, we'll watch the can cut next. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually really looking forward to that. And if I love it, I might get a copy of both the films. Oh, do a little splicey splice and cut in some of the special effects that I'm missing. Yeah, fun. That'd be cool. Have you seen? So maybe uh, we'll draw this to a close by some other movie talk, which in the future we'll do at the beginning. Mm. But uh, have you seen the? I think it's um, Topher Grace's cut of the prequels, Star Wars prequels. Oh no! But is it? It's the. Is it like? Is it like the Machete Order? Like the what? Oh, do you know the Machete Order? Like basically a machete cut. Basically, you take the the six 
Star Wars films because I don't think I think it was all before the new ones. Right. But um, you start watching at at uh, New Hope. Mm-hmm. You watch Empire Strikes Back, and then when Darth Vader reveals that he's the father and chops the hand off Luke, <laughs> you go and you watch Episode One. Okay. Maybe. Okay. And then episode two. Let's see. And you finish the film with ep- episode six. Like, so it's like, if you're watching The Order, it, I can't remember. Yeah. Sorry. Very no, big segue, but. Yeah, Machete Order, yeah. Let's try this one. Wired from several years ago. And they may get rid of episode one altogether. Because, like... Right on. So this thing, the one that I'm describing is Topher Grace of That 70s Show fame, amongst other things, recut just the prequel trilogies down to one movie. Okay. Okay, so the machete order we have here is A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, then Attack of the Clones. That's it. So you cut one out altogether because there's no actual story in one that has any relevance to anything. Okay. So you watch four or five, and then you go and watch two and three... And that reveals how the story came about, and then you go back and you watch the last one with the redemption of okay. Vader. So it becomes... Yeah, I could see that working a lot better, going from Revenge of the Sith to Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, I also... I... So I haven't seen Tofus one. So his one is one film. Yeah. And he's cut... Yeah, he's and cut he... the prequel trilogy into one movie. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, so I'd be curious to see it also. What else have you seen lately? Anything good? Oh, what have you watched? Yeah. Uh, you should talk about something that you've watched. I'm going to double check my... Okay. I, uh, like I said yesterday, was a bit of a weird day for me, so I came home looking for some comfort food kind of cinema. Yep. So I put on Speed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that movie rules. It's so good. <laughs> I really like it a lot. Keanu's awesome. Yeah. And he always has been awesome. There's a scene pretty early in that movie where like the bus is getting rowdy and he he just turns and he goes, Hey! Hey. And that's it. <laughs> so instead of like giving the big tough guy speech about how we all need to work together, he just like emotes with his softness. <laughs> and, and then that's it. It's yeah. so good. And then, I, I don't know, Dennis Hopper is, I feel like he owed somebody some money maybe with that one because <laughs> he barely shows up and I remember him being an awesome part of that movie but he's just yeah. kind of like yeah going through the motions it's a lot of fun Love yeah speed. okay so I actually only watched one this week but I watched Dark Waters oh yeah, yeah. I think I'm looking forward to that one I've been holding off because I know Megs wants to watch it so yeah. what do you uh, think oh yeah so it is tough yeah it's one of those ones where we realize we're just like all completely doomed right yeah but i was watching it thinking i knew how doomed so i was watching the film (laughs) going like oh yeah i get it this is how doomed everything was oh that's yeah oh it's bad and yeah i know where this is going and then you get to the end of the film you're like wait how bad is that and then you kind of like research about it you're like Oh yeah, so things are much worse than I thought they were, and and it's then, all so bad. But they tie it in really so. 
do you want any form of spoiler? Like it's. Uh, I, I mean, I don't mind, but it's, it's not spoiler, spoiler. But certain actual people from the story are hidden in the film. Oh yeah. So. Okay. That's that's a little bit of a like surprise bit at the end, but I think it might be fun to watch the film with the idea that certain certain people from the story are actually in the film. Just non-consequentially, like, where's Waldo kind of... Okay. Featured extra, background? Just, uh, some of them are featured, but most of them are just, like, playing other characters in the background, and then you find out that those are the actual people. I found out that the aunt from The Farewell, or the great auntie, not the grandma, but her sister, who's there taking care of her... Yeah. is the actual Lulu Wang's great aunt. It's the woman who had that experience. Oh, right. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Also, oh, there's another example of that kind of casting that I want to see if I can pull up recently. Uh, anyways, uh, a couple of things I caught up with. Kong Skull Island. Oh, yeah. Dude, I think that movie's pretty good. Yeah. I... <laughs> It's beautiful, beautiful, first of all. Beautiful. It's a gorgeous film. Yeah. And it's it's as I, good at being as being not bad. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's not actively bad. And John C. Riley is so good. And yeah. He's like the kid left behind in Jumanji. Totally. Totally. Like, that's that's a good analogy for that character in my head. Like he's Yeah. He's lost his mind because he's been in a crazy place. For a crazy amount of time. Yeah. But, but he's surviving it. Yeah. And he's had to develop strategies. It feels strategies Jumanji-esque. Because there are okay. many different horrifically massive and scary things on yeah. this. Like, so I really enjoyed that. I liked, I liked the madness with all the different characters all stuck on this oversized island in the middle of nowhere. I liked all of that. I can't remember what I didn't like, but there was something where I'm like, I will say it's. Did I want most more? characters are entirely underwritten? Oh yeah, that's what it is. Brie it? Larson in particular, like, kind of doesn't need to be in the movie, which yeah. is a bummer because you know she's great. Yeah. And, but that's the thing is like neither does Tom Hiddleston. He doesn't really yeah. need to be in the movie either, and, and kind of nobody guy. does <laughs> except for Sam Jackson. Yeah. He's the only dude who really needs to be there. And then, well, and John C. Riley obviously yeah. is pivotal, and then the rest of them are just fodder. But then they kind of don't die, and then you know, so yeah. like it got some problems. But I so I kind of felt like maybe I would have liked the film more if everyone died more. Yeah, like if it was really like like last one standing. You know, one of those horror films where Absolutely. basically everyone's gone at the end and there's one person watching the sunrise at the end and just managed to survive and you're like oh you know I think that would have been fine I may have enjoyed it more at that point I don't need everybody to I mean sure I don't need everybody to go down but it's like there are there's sort of like some red shirts in this movie where in another movie that guy's totally here to say a few funny things and then get killed because we care about him and then we know the stakes are real yeah but then the, this movie doesn't kill that guy. It just kills other people who are you've never seen before and don't recognize as yeah. actors. And so it, this, whatever. I, it's fine. Anyway. But um, I do agree that it's visually very striking. I think the universe is very interesting. Totally. I think, like, 
I think the where they were, the story, like the the universe building, the the was cool, and I like, man, I want to see more of this stuff. But I think ultimately the story, I kind of came out the end going, I don't really care what happened to a lot of people and what nah, happened to a lot of super things. Disposable. And, yeah, but and for I like think a Saturday kind of, you know, yeah. But also, I kind of enjoy those films sometimes. This is like, what I'm so, saying. Yeah. I, I really liked it, man. I think I, I think it's pretty good. It's yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, caught up with Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> oh no! Really? Yeah. No, it's pretty good. Oh, good. In the same vein, it's like no, this movie knows what it's doing. Yep. Jim Carrey is having a blast in there. Okay. James Marsden is great. Ben Schwartz is really good. It does really? cool like timing stuff. Where I only say oh no because of the original visual <laughs> yeah. cues. Like so, they fixed it all. That's what it they looks. Yeah, it looks good. It, it looks, looks good. good. Yeah. But you saw the original, right? Yeah, I saw the original. Looked. This design is much better. And if you had, if I didn't know that, like, okay, no, even knowing that, I'm looking for places where it's like, well, did the model fail here? Or where they, it they looks really it. good. good. And they took their good. time, it looks good. Nice. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of fun. Totally worth it. It's a kid's movie, but it's, you yeah. know, it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I also watched Jay and Silent Bob reboot. They did a reboot? Yep. Wait, so there's... Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Well, there's Clerks. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Clerks. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is the first Jay and Silent Bob movie. Okay. Is there another one after that? No. Okay. But there... So, Kevin Smith has done, like, Clerks 2 and... That might be what I'm thinking. They show up in Dogma. And so there's been... You know, they've been around. But this is the second Jay and Silent Bob movie. Okay. Um, and that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> uh, I watched Romeo plus Juliet again. Oh my god. Baz Luhrmann. Baz Luhrmann. No, I mean, I love that movie. I think that he had an idea. Yeah. And he nailed it. Yeah. Like, I think he went, this is what I'm going to do. And it's going to be, once again, dripping with cool. Yep. And everything is cool. It's like, so Tybalt, cool. Tybalt is cool. Tybalt is the Mercutio is the coolest Mercutio we've ever seen. Cool. Like, Leo, Leo is, like, at his coolest yeah, at that moment. Like, and then Claire Danes. Jamie Kennedy is kind yeah, of cool in this yeah, movie. Like, it's... Mate, it's cool. I and, like... And the guns are so cool. And, and the they, cars are so cool. But they cool. do all these perfect framing of, like... Making you know that it's cool. Hell and there's yeah. like like oh. smash zooms on yeah. like uh, like really rickety dolly, so it's just yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it, I love it, dude. It's <laughs> so much fun. But it's beautiful, it's fun, gorgeous. cool. Like, I, I mean I'm with you, man. Like I haven't watched it in a long time, but I remember thinking there's something special here. Yeah. And this is Okay. I think so too. It's a, it's yeah. a, a vision, sort of this. This is yeah, a more accessible <laughs> a more version succeed. of Tusk. Yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a yeah. an artist creating a vision, yeah. and executing it. And I I'm here for it, man. Uh, just two more, real quick. I rewatched Parasite. Oh with yeah. Meg's parents were in town this weekend, and they hadn't seen it, so we watched it with them. And I liked. I loved that movie the first yeah. time I saw it. And I liked it even more this time. I think it'd be very rewatchable because I think there are visual callbacks and there are cues and there are like concepts that I kind of picture in my head watching it one time and I just think, I think I'll see more the second time. I think, so I'm I'm, I'm happy to try and watch that one again. It's worth it. it. My my reservation at at the end of the first viewing was... 
I felt very mixed about the ending of that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and watching it this time, I was like, no, that, I think he's saying exactly what he wants to say. Yeah. The only way, yeah. 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 Uh, so like that a lot. Good work. And uh, also watched Moana again. Yes. Which is a movie I kind of go, I keep coming back to. Yeah. It's the best movie? I don't it's know. It's so good. Mate, like, so I'm from the Antipodes. <laughs> so, like, this is my jam. Like, I grew up with the stories of Maui. So, like, having a kid's movie, like, you know, a Disney princess, but with the stories of Maui yeah. tied in, I'm like, this is brilliant. Like, I like it. I, you know, anytime I'm watching um, mythology that I'm unfamiliar with, I'm really excited because I don't necessarily know where the story is going to go. Yeah. And there are characters that I'm not necessarily familiar with. Yeah. So it's it can be a really uh, exciting way to watch that. But even still, I just think that movie's so yeah. well put together. There's such beautiful lessons. I'm like entirely in love with Grandma. Yeah. That she at one point she tells Moana that the people you love will change you. Yeah. And so that the the way that this Roger Ebert has that famous saying that a movie is not about what it's about it's about the way it's about it <laughs> right. and the way that this movie is about growth and like his selfhood is so impressive to me because there's a lot of narratives that are like especially in the west you have to strike out on your own and and overcome and don't listen to the older generation and this movie is very much like no you have to strike out on your own but listen to your parents. Mm-hmm. There's good advice there. It might not be the right advice, yeah. but consider it. Yeah. And then when you learn something, tell your parents. Yeah. And bring that back to the community. And don't doubt yourself, but respect where you came from. And it just is yeah. so well balanced and beautiful. And, you know, just real briefly, I guess I love that she's not a princess. I no, love that she's yeah. not a chiefess. She's yeah. the chief. Yeah, that's it, and it's never about her, like womanhood. She's just a person, a powerful person in yeah. this story. She's a a strong character yeah. with a, some kind of plan, and she puts it in action. Yeah, and it's like cool, man. It's great. Yeah, uh, and I, it's so beautiful too. I love watching blue water and green trees and fire. Yeah, I love that movie yeah. so much. Cool. So that's kind of what I've seen. That sounds great. Yeah. yeah so. All I had was Dark Waters. <laughs> I've been watching. Thanks uh, for bumming us out. Yeah, my God. Yeah, definitely watch it, but also like... My yeah. question is, can the Heart of Tafiti clean the Dark Water? Because <laughs> otherwise... You should watch the film, and then you'll know that, you, that it wouldn't be possible. <laughs> <laughs>